You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Well, good morning, church. Uh, my name is Justin Shump. I help serve here in the campus ministry here in the West Side Church, and we're super grateful that you're joining us this morning. Uh, we're continuing our series today called Putting the World Back Together. Uh, we've been studying the book of Luke and seeing how Jesus interacted with different people, uh, how he lifted up the oppressed, and we're trying to relate it to some of the things that are going on in our world today. Uh, you know, last week uh, I talked about how it's God's plan to, to reconcile all nations through him, uh, through Jesus. And I ended the sermon by saying, you know, I believe that in order to reach all nations, uh, we should be conservative with our doctrine, but liberal with our love. And I first wanted to just, just to apologize. Uh, I realized that those words I used uh, are, are very real words, uh, especially relating to politics, uh, and they can be very sensitive and, and divisive. Um, it was not my intention at all to be political with those words. Uh, obviously, those words have multiple definitions, so I wanted to kind of clear up what I meant by that. Uh, the point I was trying to get across with conservative with our doctrine is that the teachings of Jesus will always be the foundation of our lives, uh, and this will never change. So again, just wanted to clear that up and also wanted to, to apologize for any confusion on that. Uh, I was not meaning for it to be political uh, in any way. So the title of my sermon today uh, is Rock Solid, uh, and we're going to be talking about how Jesus' words are a solid foundation. So as we jump into our sermon today, uh, we're going to be in, in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, if you want to go ahead and turn there. The Bible reads, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. You know, this parable comes at the end of a sermon in which Jesus said a lot of kind of difficult things. Uh, In the book of Matthew, it's the end of the Sermon on the Mount, he tells this same parable. But before that, uh, he's speaking to his disciples, and he says, you know, blessed are those who are poor. Woe to those who are rich. He says to love your enemies. Do good to those who harm you. Pray for those who mistreat you. He says if someone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them left. He says be merciful. He says if you judge others, you will be judged. If you condemn others, you will be condemned. And if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. I mean, these are some intense statements that Jesus makes. And after saying all these things, he tells this parable about a man who built his house on the rock and a man who built his house on the sand. And essentially what what he's saying is that if we only hear his words, but we don't put them into practice, then we are building our lives on sand. And it will eventually collapse. You know, he's saying that if we just call ourselves Christians, 
but are not actively living out his words, then our lives are bound to fall apart. You know, having the title of a Christian means nothing unless we are making Jesus' words the foundation of our life. And you see, this title of Christianity can be very problematic. So baseball just started up again, uh, which I am super excited about. Uh, it's been awesome watching, watching the Dodgers. And so I brought my favorite Dodger jersey with me today. Uh, it's my Jackie Robinson jersey. This is one that my dad gave me as a gift. Um, I love, I love repping it. I love putting it on. Um, it's been great seeing, seeing the Dodgers. We're, we got a win, winning record right now. But you know, if, 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 if I put this jersey on and then I told all of you that, that I play for the Dodgers, uh, would you believe me? If I told you, yeah, I play first, first base for the Dodgers. Well, the answer to that is, is obviously no. Uh, you wouldn't believe me that, that I played for the Dodgers. And that's because we understand that just because I'm wearing a jersey does not mean I'm on the team. You see, Jesus says, just saying, Lord, Lord, does not make you a disciple. The same way that me just putting on a Dodger jersey doesn't mean I'm on the team. And although this is kind of very clear with, with professional sports, the lines get kind of blurred when it comes to Christianity. You know, this is the main reason right now there's so much pain in America. There's tons of people who are, who are using the title of Christian, but are misrepresenting Christ. They're wearing the jersey, but they're not on the team. You know, although we boast that we are a nation founded on Christian ideals, we've severely missed the mark when it comes to implementing our lives on Jesus' word. You know, if you look at the history of this country, we have not done a great job of making our lives the standard of what Jesus preached. But we have said, Lord, Lord. We've idolized wealth. We've been quick to condemn. We've judged people based off their physical attributes. And we have not embraced forgiveness. And that's caused a lot of pain. You know, there's many times I myself have misrepresented Christ. There's many times I, I put on the jersey, I claim to be a Christian, but I was not on the team. I was saying, Lord, Lord, but Jesus' words were not the foundation of my life. You know, as a professed Christian, I've been insensitive. As a professed Christian, I've been arrogant. As a professed Christian, I've been addicted to pornography. I've been vengeful. I've been selfish. I've been greedy. I've been rude. And I've done all of those things while saying, Lord, Lord. You know, doing these things has led to guilt, has led to shame, and at times, even the destruction of my credibility as a man of God. You know, I was in a, a high school AP stats class my junior year, and we had this final project due, and I was in a group with, with a bunch of seniors. And, you know, we decided to, to do our project on a topic that was inappropriate. Um, 
And I didn't feel great about it, but I kind of wanted to impress these senior guys who were in my group. So I agreed to move forward and, and to do the project. And Nicole Chow, uh, Ken Chow's uh, daughter, who actually just got engaged, congrats, Nicole. Um, but she was in my, she was in my stats class. And, uh, I remember she, she challenged me on it. She walked up to me and said, you know, Justin, you're a Christian. And I heard the, 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 uh, title you guys and the topic you guys are doing this project on. And, and how, why are you doing that? You know, she said, you, you, you're a Christian. You lead the Bible talk. How do you think people are going to view you when they hear about you doing this project? And she totally called me out. Uh, and, and I felt embarrassed. I felt ashamed. Uh, because, you know, I was saying, Lord, Lord, on the outward, I was a Christian, but my actions were not in line with Christ. You know, Jesus came and he set a very high standard. Uh, you know, Jesus is calling us to make his words the foundation of our entire life. I mean, that is a radical idea. I mean, our entire existence based on the words of one man. It's one of those things about Christianity that, that brings me comfort, but it also terrifies me. You know, it comforts me because if the Bible is true, and God is the divine creator of the universe, and Jesus is God's son, and Jesus said, you know, he said, I did not speak my own words, I only speak what the Father told me to say, then that means that if we allow Jesus' words to be the foundation of our life, then we have the most powerful being in the whole world guiding our every action. And that according to this parable, even when the storm hits, even when the floods rise and all hope seems lost, we will not face destruction. You know, as Christians, we're able to have this this deep trust in God. As Christians, we get to experience a peace knowing that our life is built on a solid foundation. You know, choosing to make Jesus' words the foundation of our life, it is comforting, but it can also be simultaneously frightening. You know, there's a fear that if we decide to make Jesus' words our foundation, if we truly become a disciple, then we have to give up our authority. And that is terrifying, at least for me. Because I'm a control freak. I like to be in control. I like to be the one doing things. I often don't trust other people to do things. And so the idea of of me willingly giving up my authority and having Jesus' words be the foundation of my life can be really difficult for me. Because that means I have to put aside my own understandings I have to put aside how I think I should respond in different situations and respond the way Jesus would. You know, there's also been some other fear that that has recently surfaced among many Christians, uh, even Christians in our own fellowship. And it's the fear of losing their identity. You know, people feel that in order to become a true disciple, they have to lose their identity. They have to completely rid themselves of their culture in order to properly assimilate into the church. I know we've heard many brothers and sisters express this feeling. 
And this is a huge criticism of Christianity right now. You know, the church is being labeled as a place that will enslave and indoctrinate you. Not a place of refuge. Not a place that will set you free. You know, people are beginning to see the church as a place that will rob you of your culture and hold you back from your true human potential. But I don't think this is the church that Jesus wants. I don't think that's in the plan for God to gather all nations to him. You see, Jesus does say that in order for us to be a true follower of his, we must make his words the foundations of our life. That's a fact. And every Christian will have that in common. That foundation is a requirement. And that foundation is rock solid. It will not change. But that doesn't mean that every life built on that foundation has to look exactly the same. You know, being one in Christ does not mean that we're colorblind. It doesn't mean that once we're baptized, we have to forsake our culture. You know, this is a scripture that we've been referencing a lot recently. Uh, Galatians chapter 3. I'll read this real quick. Verse 26. It says, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, nor is there male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You know, it says that when we're baptized into Christ, that we're clothed with Christ. When we're baptized into Christ, we are agreeing to give up our authority and to make his words, his doctrine, our foundation that will never change. So the question becomes, what does that look like? What does it look like to be clothed with Christ? Well, I'll show you what it doesn't look like. It doesn't look like this. You know, being clothed with Christ doesn't mean that our identities are completely covered. You know, there's this toxic perception that's existing right now, and it's this belief that in order to be a successful member of a Christian group, you have to change and be like everyone else. And so Christianity becomes all about trying to look and act a certain way that is living up to a standard set by humans. When in reality, being a Christian is about making Jesus' words the foundation of our lives. You know, human standards will always change. Jesus' words will never change. They are a firm foundation. You see, being clothed with Christ, you know, building our life on the foundation of Jesus' words does not mean we become colorblind. It doesn't mean we completely lose our identity. So what does it look like? I think it looks a lot more like this. And this is the 2017 Dodgers, uh, the year that, that they went to Game 7 in the World Series and the Astros had the cheating scandal. So this should have been your, your World Series team for the Dodgers. Uh, but you got Yasiel Puig leading the pack. I miss him. 
Uh, Puig was a wild card. He was crazy, uh, but he was a beast. Uh, he's from Cuba. Uh, you've got Trace Thompson behind him. It's actually Clay Thompson's brother, and he's half white and half black. You've got Rich Hill next to him. Uh, he's white. Then you've got Andre Ethier. Uh, he's Mexican. Then you've got Yu Darvish over there. Uh, he's Japanese. And then you've got Hunjin Ryu, and, and he's Korean. And, you know, these men are extremely different. They have different races, different ethnicities, different life stories. They have different skills. They even play different positions. Yet when you look at them, they all have something in common. They're wearing the same jersey. They're on the same team. But although they are dressed the same, their identities aren't hidden. You know, I believe that, that this is what God wants the church to look like. A collection of people from all nations, people with different attributes, people with different personalities, people with different strengths and weaknesses, people with different family structures, all coming together and making Jesus the foundation of our lives. All coming together and being clothed with Christ. And these clothes don't hide our identities. These clothes don't strip us of our culture. These clothes unite us. These clothes put you on God's team. And this team is going to put the world back together. I love you all. Thank you very much. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.